So I was talking to somebody recently about a kind of a, a bucket list idea uh, of you know a few things that we'd like to do before we eventually head away long term, um, and th- this this one suggestion of going to a Coldplay concert came up and I thought actually it's probably one of the only concerts I would love to go to uh, because they're, they're around so long now that when you go to a Coldplay concert you actually have two generations you've got parents going along to the same concert with their kids and everyone having good fun everyone having a good time and all the lyrics in the songs are relatively wholesome not a swear word in sight uh, it's not the kind of concert that's, that's associated with uh, drunkenness and everything else that can be associated with certain kind of concerts like that and then especially for certain kinds of songs that they have like the whole crowd would be singing you can just imagine this whole throng of people singing out like fix you, you know, I will try to fix you the whole place going ballistic and then like sky full of stars with all these um, illuminated band things that they have that they can make them all flash they can make different parts of the crowd flash different colours and then all flash and sync I mean it just must be an absolutely incredible atmosphere to be part of such an, uh, like an epic performance and everyone's looking the same direction, everyone has the same focus everyone's there to have a good time everyone is joyful, everyone I can imagine is just you know united in joy at something that, that just you know gives life and something as good as this is just the tiniest, but tiniest spark of the joy that awaits us in heaven. Like that kind of that kind of feeling of being part of something epic, being part of a as, as St. Paul would say. Uh, sorry, letter to the Hebrews would say a great throng of, of a great host, great throng of witnesses. You know that we're part of something much, much, much bigger than us. But being part of something so big is what creates the atmosphere. You know, when you go to a, like a match and all of your side, all of your supporters, or I hope maybe half the supporters, go ballistic when your team scores, you know, and now you're part of that, like everyone else is cheering, like, yay! <laughs> you know, like, you're part of something. You're, there's, there's this it's atmosphere. It's why people actually even get addicted to it. Like, you think of premiership football, Italian football, the same thing. Uh, like, you know, local cities or, or, or people who support their, their local team and everyone goes and you blow most of your wages, your weekly wages on supporting your team. It becomes even, there are even channels dedicated to Man United and Chelsea and so on. Uh, so point being, being part of something so epic, it just, it, 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 it's, it's a reflection, a tiny reflection of the kind of unity that we live in heaven. And the, the difference also with, the, with, with these kind of heavenly realities is no matter how good an earthly experience of unity or community is, it's very, very finite. As in, I don't know how long a, a Coldplay concert would last, maybe two hours-ish, maybe, max, I'd say. There'll be some smaller acts beforehand, but I'd say the main event, maybe two hours. Then you go home, hoarse, and kind of tired, but you go home. And reality kicks in. It's back to Monday morning, into the office. How was your weekend? Well, I went to Coldplay. Uh, but, but it's still the, same, the same, same old, same old in the office. You know, it's just life. Ordinary life kicks back in to gear. So heaven, there are a couple of, just a couple of things. Our, our, gospels, our gospel and our readings um, speak about heavenly realities. And it's, it's, just, it's important to understand... One thing I'll just mention immediately in case I forget, I mention this all the time, but this question always comes up. At the end of our gospel, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Just to understand that clearly, because I had another 
lady come to me about this last week. Uh, when we speak about heaven and earth passing away, that means the heavens and the earth, as in the heavens as in the sky. So the sky and the earth, like you know, a bird soars into the heavens. The heaven, the bird isn't eternally redeemed and flies straight to heaven. It's in, it's in the heavens, the sky, right? So this, the, the sky and the earth will pass away. So the, the world, this world, this, this globe will pass away. But my words will not pass away. So the Lord's word remains forever. But heaven, as in this, this reality where we live with God for all eternity, that never passes away, just so it's clear. Um, okay, so just to clarify that one. Um, but we hear in the Catechism, which, considering heaven is so important, considering the, the, the mysteries of heaven, considering the heaven as a goal is so critical, there are only seven paragraphs in the whole Catechism about it, right? So we, we know relatively little about it. Now, what we know is really good, what we know is, is you know, the essentials of it are absolutely stunningly fantastic, but we know very little about it. Not that, not that it's, I mean, it is a mystery, but it's not, it's not that we know nothing. But I think if we were to try and describe it, if we were to, to delve too much into it, we'd end up falling sh- so short of the mark that we'd kind of cheapen it. Imagine like if you've lived your whole life in a cave, which in a way we do. <laughs> Right, our earthly existence in comparison to heaven. It's like living your whole life in a cave. So you wake up in the morning. What do you have for breakfast? Well, maybe slugs. Anything you can find that's stuck to the wall of the cave. You know, you pull off the green slime. Ooh, green slime. And, and, and so this is, this is breakfast. Then maybe at a, there's a drier season or a warmer season or a colder season. That gives you different fungus, otherwise known as mushrooms, that, that grow around the, the, uh, the, the cave. And that, that's reality. Ooh, look at me. I've got a, a, a red fungus for breakfast. And you're delighted with yourself. This is like a good thing. People are fighting over the, the, the red fungus as opposed to the green fungus, right? Okay, so, and this is like, this is, this is, this is fantastic. This is, this, like, this is, when you've reached high society in your cave, you can have the green fungus or the red fungus, right? So we're fighting over these things that, to us on the outside, look absolutely ridiculous. Now, imagine you're in the cave and you've lived there for 10, 20, 30 years, but someone from the outside, the outside world, comes and visits the cave. And you're like, you're an outsider. You are tanned. What is wrong with you? <laughs> right? And then they try to describe to you what a sunset looks like. Something as simple happens every day. You generally don't see it in Ireland due to the clouds, but there, there is a sunset every single day. Now, someone from the outside world tries to describe something as simple as a sunset to someone who's lived in a cave all of their lives. So you'll say, well, it's, there's just this great fiery globe in this cave. Fiery globe? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's very far away, so it doesn't kill you. Okay, fiery globe that doesn't kill you, right? Go on, explain, yes. And this fiery globe spins around, well, we spin around it, but okay. It looks like the fiery globe spins around us, okay? And then the fiery globe, it, 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 it descends to the horizon. What's a horizon? What's a horizon? Explain horizon. Uh, well, so, so we're on a great big ball, but it looks flat. <laughs> so, so when you look out, it looks flat, but it is actually a ball. We're on a ball that looks flat. Well, yeah, it's, it's a long story. Um, but anyway, so, so the, 
the ball then, the fiery ball, it starts to descend out of our view. Oh, it goes away. No, well, it'll come back. It, fiery ball that disappears and comes back. Well, yeah, see, we're, we're spinning around it, okay? Spinning, but we don't fly off. Well, well no, it, it's, it's, it's a long story. But anyway, so the fiery ball comes back in the morning. We call it sunrise. Sunrise? What does sunrise look like? Well, the, the place starts to get brighter. Place gets brighter. So it's like when I light a branch down here in the cave and I wave the fiery branch around, is it? Well, kind of. But just much better. Do you see my point? Okay, I pardon the, the, my laboring the point here. But if you've lived in a cave all of your life, explaining something as simple as a sunrise or a sunset, no matter what you do, your, your description is so inadequate. Not because of your inadequate powers of you know, command of the English language, but no, no matter what image you try to conjure up, their experience, their experience of, of reality impedes them from understanding these greater realities. Now, you can kind of use analogies, maybe, but they, they fall so short of the mark. So it is, to get to the point, so it is when we describe heaven. Like, when we try to describe heaven, we're so short of the mark. So we, we, have, like, we, we, so we have theological descriptions. I'll just read from the, from the Catechism. Uh, we have perfectly accurate theological descriptions, right? So this perfect life with the Holy Trinity, this communion of life and love with the Trinity, with the Virgin Mary, the angels and the blessed, is called heaven. Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme and definitive happiness. Number 1024 in the Catechism. So we know it's, it's perfect life in and with the Holy Trinity and the blessed. We know that's the fulfillment of all our desires. It's a really good place. The Catechism doesn't even try to describe to us what we do every day. We have, well, we, it's not that we have no idea. Is, do we have days? Do we, do we sleep? Do we have a house? Do we rest? Do we fly? Can we fly? Probably. Do we eat? Heaven is described as you know, a heavenly banquet, but we have a soul, so as in we don't have a, a physical body yet in heaven, so what do we do? Do we talk? Is it one big church? <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't really know. There's a lot about the, kind of the, the daily runnings of the thing that, that, that we don't know. We'll, we'll be able to see angels, yes. We'll, can we talk to them? More than likely. There's another um, passage I'd just like to share with you. Uh, in the glory of heaven, the blessed continue joyfully to fulfill God's will in relation to other men and to all creation. So again, this is, uh, it's kind of the, the, the catechism's version of an answer as to what we do every day. Again, it, it, it doesn't go into specifics because specifics will more than likely be wrong or fall short of the mark at least. So it's, it, 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 it speaks in general terms. In the glory of heaven, the blessed, so that's us, the saved, with the help of God, um, the blessed continue to joyfully fulfill God's will. So what do we do all day in heaven? God's will. Ah. What's that? <laughs> ask him. <laughs> ask him. Ask the Lord. Ask God what his will is for us that day.
I don't know. Ask him. Okay, so what do we do all day? We do God's will. Uh, we do God's will in relation to other men and in relation to all of creation. It's interesting kind of, you know, this, 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 this tendency today to greenwash everything. As long as you say your product now is recyclable, you know, it doesn't matter if, if, if it used a load of lithium from some African mine that was dug up and destroyed the whole local village. As long as now it's, it's, it's uh, recyclable, we just greenwash everything, make everything look politically, politically correct and we're good to go. But in heaven... Because we, we love God and his creation and all that exists, we fulfill God's will in relation to other men and in relation to all of creation. We, we have great respect and reverence for, for all that God has done, all that God is. It's the, the, the perfect, if you will, uh, ecological reform. God is in the center of everything. So it's no longer about exploiting other people or exploiting creation or exploiting God's grace. We live in perfect communion, perfect harmony with all of creation. One last paragraph, 1025. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. Imagine meditating that for a week. To be in heaven is to be with Christ, to be with Jesus. What would you say to him? That, that song, I can only imagine, you know? Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? What will we do? I don't really know. Hopefully say thank you. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ. So we're like this, this reality of, of the church being a mystical body in heaven is lived to, to a, a perfect degree. We're now taken into Christ. But we retain, or rather find, our true identity. So you discover who you truly are. So that means that in heaven, something that we should be preparing for now, when I see myself, if we have mirrors, which I don't know if we do, uh, but in heaven, when we see our, when we do, well, we, you can see yourself without a mirror, well, you can see most of yourself without a mirror. You can see everything except your face without a mirror. Uh, when you see yourself in the right way, you love yourself. You accept yourself. You're happy with yourself. And then you see others and you're happy with them. You're united with them. And then we see God, who is distinct from us, but we're taken into him, so we're, we're sharing in God's power. Again, a phenomenal thought. We share God's power, and we're perfectly happy with him. And the real mind-blowing bit is that this beatitude and happiness never ends. We have no experience of a joy that never ends on earth. Any joy or every joy that we experience on earth 
has a beginning, a middle, and usually a brutal end. <laughs> Not brutal. Anything you enjoy, a meal, you know what I mean? You're absolutely starving. You sit down, and then 17 slices into the pizza, you look at the last slice going, I don't feel so good anymore, but I'm after paying for it. So, But then Jack comes to visit us, so there's always a, a, yeah, a way of getting rid of the last slice of pizza. But, but you know, so the, the joy of eating, and now I'm actually... I think I'm good, actually. I, I don't think I should touch, you know. So even that, every, you know, every uh, and even, even physical intimacy, right? There's, a, there's, there's, there's yeah, an apex to it, and then, right, that's that. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, like, there's, there's no joy that just lasts forever. So, so our, our understanding of, of heavenly joy lasting forever... It's, I think it's a thought that just goes over our heads because we, we, we tend to ask that question, well, well, what do we do after that then? You know, after we've been introduced to everybody in heaven and said hello, said hello to Jesus and the Father, how's things? And, 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 okay, and, 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 and now what do we do? You know, what's the, what's the next thing? What's the kind of the, the next joy? See, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that in heaven. We have a joy that never ends. We have perfect fulfillment. We're we we perfectly, you know, as I say, we see and love ourselves, others, and God. We discover our true identity, who you are. Like it's like the, like a, a, a royal crown or something, and each each diamond, each precious stone on it is different. And actually, each each one being different, they're actually they're hand cut, so they're, if you will, not so much imperfect, but a bit irregular. They're not entirely symmetrical. Same like Waterford crystal or any of these kind of famous crystals that we have in Ireland. They're hand-cut. If they were machine-cut, they'd be worth way less. But because they're hand-cut, if you compare two wine glasses or any of these kind of nice glasses with the cut bits on the sides, they're not exactly the same. Each one is entirely unique because they're hand-cut. So that's what it's like in heaven. Again, it's a, such a poor analogy. But every analogy when we speak about heaven is in, in, in entirely poor. Um, we're all these unique stones on this, this royal crown. But it's that your, your uniqueness, you're irreplaceable, you're, you're part of this heavenly reality and you're, you're an important part of that. The Lord wanted you there, arranged all of the Old Testament, the passion, death and resurrection, the existence of the church and its conferral of grace onto the generations after Christ or after Christ's passion so that you could get to heaven. It was all arranged, it was all planned, and then, thank God, you said yes. You said yes to his grace, you said yes to his mercy, and here you are, at the final destination in heaven, where you see Our Lady every day. And some visionaries, when they speak about their experiences with Our Lady, they say when she speaks, it's like music, but she's not singing. Again, even something as simple as explaining what it's like to hear Our Lady. Even, even words fall short of explaining that. It's like music, but she's not singing. But when she speaks, it's not just a, woman, it's a, woman, a woman's voice. There's, there's a heavenly reality even to that. It's, it's just, you know, so any attempt to to describe heaven will, will be insufficient. And so we say very little about it.
For life is to be with Christ. Where Christ is, there is life. There is the kingdom. And just the last paragraph for today. So 10.29. The blessed are those who are in heaven. Already they reign with Christ. And with him they shall reign forever and ever. They reign with Christ. In any earthly kingdom, the king does the reigning and the subjects do the everything else. They do the work. <laughs> but it's very clear that the king reigns and we don't. In heaven, we reign with Christ. We spoke with this, uh, the Feast of Christ the King on Sunday. That he's a shepherd king. A king who's also the shepherd, who's also the lamb. So in heaven, we're taken into Christ. We lack nothing. We are perfectly happy. Our desires, our deepest desires are fulfilled. And this lasts forever. More we don't really need to know. We'll see when we get there. And pardon the almost profanity of the expression, but it will be awesome. It will be so amazing. And in our the deepest depths of our hearts, this is what we long for. We long for a joy that never fades. We long for a fulfillment that does not pass. We long for God. And that is heaven. To be brought into him. To be brought home. So may the Lord guide us each day to this heavenly reality of being united with the Father in our heavenly home for all eternity. Amen.